Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the podcast, 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I am your host, Tito Guerrero. Let's jump into it. All right, so first off, I want to dedicate this podcast and pretty much all of my podcasts, um, not only to the victims of crime, but right now in this time, in this pandemic, um, I really want to dedicate it to all of the first responders out there. All of the teachers that are doing telecasts and still caring about their kids and passing out meals and everything else. I mean, there are, there are so many heroes, and we see about it a little bit on the news, but uh, I, I personally don't think we do enough. And um, I hate making all these things loop back into politics, but I'm sitting here watching CNN and some other news <laughs> channels. And it's, it's kind of making me sick when I see our, our nation's leadership up there. And they make it more about themselves, about how great they are and what a great job they've done. And they kind of blow over the fact that thousands of Americans and a lot more um, human beings in general across the world have died because of what's going on. And they're still talking about, oh, it might be over in April. I tell you, it's April 7th. Um, there ain't a whole lot of days left. Uh, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Um, people are dying at a crazy rate here in Indiana. I mean, a state that didn't have any deaths, not but a month ago. Um, we're at like, Jesus, uh, like 170, something like that. I forget. Sorry. My numbers are off. I didn't look it up, but. It's a crazy time, right? So this podcast, um, not just dedicating it to all those nurses and doctors and LVNs and nurse practitioners and police officers and firefighters and everyone else out there doing doing their thing to, to help out. And once again, putting in ridiculous hours. I, I have some friends that are in those fields. And man, a big, big shout out to y'all. Um, you guys are doing it. But um, I, I want to loop this into to a, to a prison story um i've been talking a lot about other things and i mean what what a time right so um i know everyone knows about the naro virus right it it pretty much comes and goes like the flu a lot but and god it's got to be a good 15 years ago ish um if not maybe a little bit more it hit really hard like whole cruise lines kind of like we're seeing now or were quarantined because everyone on the ship had norovirus and people were throwing up and diarrhea and just everything and you know ironically that hit the prison system really hard i'm talking like people started talking about it word got around that Man, someone almost died over on the other yard. They're in the hospital. They got IVs and all this crazy stuff. And everyone's like, what? Like, yeah, it's some flu thing. It's, you know, norovirus. And so I, like, called my, my mom and was like, hey, can you look up what this norovirus is? And she printed out all this stuff. And she, like, everything from news articles to 
things that just talked about it and you know how it dehydrates you kind of like the flu you know and aches and pains and diarrhea and throwing up and and depending on you know your your state of physical health um and any other you know um underlying you know um conditions that you might have had uh before yeah it, it it was it was you know really bad in killing people and everything right and i looked it up and it's like even now you know it's like hundreds of thousands of people catch it on an annual basis and it's something like 150 to 200,000 people still die every year you know probably a lot in third world countries or places where they can't get the medical attention right which ironically is kind of what we're going through right now right um i mean you got to you got to be practically dying just to get tested for uh covid-19 but I'm in prison, right? So think about it. Uh, when you talk about a, a perfect breeding ground for a virus, you know, prison is like the petri dish um, for passing colds and everything else around, right? So at that time, I was in dorm living. So it's not like if you and your cellie are clean, you know, you, you can probably stave off a lot of stuff you're in this dorm environment you know and there's you know 16 to you know 20 some odd people in a dorm and uh i mean come on let's just be be real um dudes ain't that clean and there's hoarders and people you know that go around and will pick up anything and just save it and don't wash their hands even after they use a bathroom or anything so you know, you, you can't really expect them to do any better just because there's a virus going around. And I'll never forget, it, it hit the yard. You know, more and more you heard about people being sick and not coming out. And, you know, they're giving them things like insure and stuff, you know, to drink to try to give them what they need. Because they aren't really holding stuff down or anything. And they're, they're giving them the Pedialyte and stuff like that. And then it just, it just hit everybody. And I'm talking about it hit everybody. I'm talking, so in prison, one of the things uh, a lot of us do is we, we'd have five-gallon buckets, kind of like, you know, you get them at Home Depot to do stuff, you know, you got your paint or your whatever in there, and then you just use the buckets, you go fishing, whatever the hell, you know, everyone has empty five-gallon buckets lying around, right? Well, in prison, those were a commodity. You use them as a chair, you use them as a wash bucket to wash your clothes, you could cook in them, put your stinger in there with some hot water and your pouches of food or cans of food or whatever. And so buckets are a hot commodity and the guards always like to take them, but you always get them back and, you know, it's whatever. But buckets became even a higher commodity because dudes weren't making it to the bathroom. You know, dudes were just yakking in the dorms. And I mean, I, I, I swear to you... um, uh, and, and this might gross some of you out, sorry, but, you know, like, like that smell when, when, when someone throws up and it's like, there's nothing in their stomach and they're just throwing up like stomach acid and stuff, that smell, that like real pungent, you know, back of the throat vomit. Yeah. You would walk in the building and that's all you smelled that and straight ass because people were in the bathroom just shitting all over the place. It was so bad that 
and and I mean I can't make this kind of stuff up. This is like real, real, real talk. You know, so in a in a typical dorm bathroom, you're looking at about maybe five toilets, right? There'd only be about three partitions, so technically people only poop in about two, maybe three of the toilets, depending on how many partitions you had. And then the rest were used for just peeing in, right? Um, and and you'd have like your urinal stuff, right? Um, yeah, during this time, people were taking dumps. They didn't care if the whole freaking building saw them. They don't care if they had opportunity. They just need to get to a toilet because it was coming out. And the crazy thing was, they'd have the bucket in front of them too. So they'd be thrown up into the bucket while they got diarrhea on the toilet. And I mean, it was so bad that the cops had to work around when there was count time. Like, because dudes were sick and they had to run to the bathroom. And what are you going to do? Tell the guy he can't run to the bathroom? You know, like, otherwise he's going to be taking a dump <laughs> in the building on the floor. So, just craziness, right? Now, here's the thing. Obviously, like, nobody went on a field trip and brought that virus back into the prison right so either a guard brought it in or someone in visiting which it could have happened i'm not trying to blame it on the prison guards or anything else but somebody brought it to the prison right <laughs> like that didn't just show up like in the mail or something so and once it showed up um as much as i'm i'm talking bad about our our government and and the way they're handling the situation they didn't do too much better in in the prison system when when it hit. Um, matter of fact, there was no quarantine. There was there was no nothing, right? And um, they probably could have headed it off had they done something earlier. Um, but it was really up to to us, right? So as 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 it hit. And I'm talking about people can't go on on visits because they're sick and and people can't go to work. And I know this is going to sound, you know, kind of funny um, or it. a lot of you might not get it because you haven't been in prison or anything. And 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 you might go, well, what, what does some convict need with a job and all that? But the reality is, is, <clears throat> you know, a lot of guys, they don't have any support. So going to work, making 12 cents an hour, 30 cents an hour, whatever it may be, that's the only way they can buy soap and toothpaste and shampoo and flip-flops for the shower and, you know, a little bit of food here and there and some other, you know, maybe cosmetics and hygiene and other knickknacks that they might need, right? So not being able to go to work was a big deal. And, you know, people started complaining and like, Hey, what are we supposed to do? Because although the norovirus pretty much has like a a one to three day, you know, time frame on it, right? People were passing it around like 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 a bag of chips. Like someone would get it, get over it, and get it right back. Um, and it, I mean, it was bad. I watched dudes catch it like three times back to back to back, and I was really lucky because everyone else was catching it multiple times, and I wasn't. Um, but needless to say, you know, guys were missing out on work. They were missing out on all kinds of stuff. And then they were scared to go anywhere because they didn't want to catch it. 
And I don't know what made me think about it the other day, but, you know, in this situation, geez, if it ain't the same. (laughs) The difference is, is we weren't necessarily mandated to do anything or to go get tested or anything like that. Um, Probably because they didn't care because we were a bunch of convicts, right? But I will say this. We, as a bunch of inmates kind of started policing each other and hey man you better wipe that sink down you know you just got finished pooping and all that stuff hey you better do this you better do that hey if you ain't feeling good fool don't go to work and get everyone else sick man you know or stay the hell away from me and like literally to the point where people were willing to like fight over people not being hygienic and clean and and everything it was crazy like we had to police ourselves and now we're in this situation out here in the free world and i think it's sad absurd funny scary all the above that like somebody needs to tell us all that right and um and then when we hear it we get mad and and at the same time out here you don't get to go to work it's the same thing right you got bills to pay you want to be able to put food on the table you want to be able to pay your car note your mortgage your rent whatever it may be so we have those same issues. The difference is, is out here, we expect someone to take care of us. We expect someone to step in and make things okay. Hate to say it, y'all. We got to start making it okay ourselves. We got to start policing ourselves. We have to start doing what's right and stop waiting for someone else to tell us what we already know we got to do. So i feel for everyone if y'all listen to the the motivation monday monday motivation that i put out the other day you know talking about you know dealing with being furloughed or laid off or whatever it may be and understanding that you know things will be okay and things will get better uh, i'm here to tell you there's a lot of bullshit out there there's a lot of uh politics being played um i i don't know if this is true so please don't don't hold me to it but i saw some meme or something on social media saying that someone in trump's family or or cabinet or whatever has a lot of stock in that chlorophyll whatever whatever they're pushing saying that might is not a fda or anything approved but it could help and i literally watched him in a news conference say i think i counted over 15 times you should try it matter of fact here's a story about a woman who's a democrat who didn't like me hated me and now likes me and is probably going to vote for me and everything and she was sick she had it and she took this and she felt better four hours later that's exactly what he just said i just watched it on the news right and even if trump or anyone he knows doesn't have any stock in that in that medication that that pharmaceutical that's out there is that that that's our leadership they're they're pushing a product on us instead of getting us what we need to get out of this situation and you know i i don't know uh once again doing that doing that stint in prison and going through I mean, I got the flu in prison once, and that was the worst ever. I did catch that norovirus. I was all cocky. I told everyone how I avoided it because everyone, it was passing, and people were getting better, and less and less people were sick, and I caught it at the tail end. I was lucky, though. I got, like, the weak strand. I was only sick for about 24 hours, and then I got better, and I didn't go through the having to have a bucket in front of me all day, so I definitely got the, the lightweight version of it, but... 
getting sick is no joke. I don't care if it's coronavirus, flu, or the common cold. No one likes being sick. It sucks. And especially when you're dealing with 38 other things going on in the world, you know, from potentially losing your job, whether even if it's temporary, that sucks. Um, it, or, or maybe you, you had to take a pay cut or less hours or something that basically affects what your normal income is, right? And, and mind you, um, some people are still working and technically could make more money on unemployment. So big shout out to y'all. Anyone who's one of those lower hourly uh, people that are still going to work, even though you could just go home and make more off unemployment right now with uh, what the government's offering, um, kudos to you, man. Um, hopefully your employer or the government later on takes care of you for being a frontline worker and making things happen. I mean, we got postal workers, we got UPS, FedEx, all these people out there slaving away to make sure we get our stupid Amazon Prime package of K-Cups so I could have my damn coffee today. Like, thank you for being out there, front lines during the pandemic, you know. Um, But, yeah, in prison, it was no joke. No freaking joke. And, um... The beautiful thing was um, you find that no matter how crazy it got, right? Like, uh, and I can't, I can't, I can't make this any clearer. Like, we're talking a few hundred people in a building, and I'm going to say a good 70% of them, no lie, 70%, you know, like 200 plus (laughs) were sick, right? Throwing up, farting, shitting all over the place. And and you still have to go to work. You still have to do whatever you got to do. And even if you got sick and you, you were telling your boss, like, I'm sick, I can't go to work, they question you. Like, are you sure? I'm going to write you up. I'm going to do all this. And you're like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Like, I got it coming out both ends. Help me here, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was just thinking about, like, my woes that I have going on right now. And it made me remember that... Uh, I used to do this thing um, when I had been out a few years, and as good as I had it, and when I say that, I meant um, all my bills were paid, I had money in the bank, I had a roof over my head, I had a car and a bunch of other stuff. I, I was doing well in in comparison to most people, right? And something would happen. Maybe someone I was dating, you know, went off the deep end with me, maybe uh you know, there was some drama at work, whatever it was, but I get stressed out and I, and I just think, God, screw this, screw this. Not that I wanted to do anything stupid, but I just felt like, damn, I'd rather be locked up than out here because it was easier. And my celly at the time, Johnny Boy, shout out. <laughs> uh, he's out now, so I can say his name. But um, my celly, you know, back in the day, he, he had a cell phone. So I would text him and, you know, be like, hey, what's up? Can you talk? And he'd be like, yeah, you know, call me in five minutes. And so I call him and <laughs> I just tell him and he already know. I'd be like, man, tell me. And he go, it's better out there. And I'm like, all right, man. And then he'd be like, why? What's up? And I start telling him, like, what's going on? And, you know, he kind of talked me through it. But, you know, the dude was inside for 20 years. Like, he he doesn't know. I mean, he knows, but he got locked up as a kid. Like, what does he know about grown-up problems, right? So, 
what I'm trying to say is, as shitty, literally, as shitty as it was in prison, dealing with a, a virus, maybe not killing people like it's killing out here, but there were some people that died, and there was a ton of people that were really bad, right? Um, it passed. It passed. And if nothing else, it made people think a little bit more about making sure that the sinks are wiped down and the toilet's clean or you're using some kind of protection when, you, when you're using that stuff that everyone else uses. It, it put a lot of stuff in in perspective you know people stopped shaking hands they were bumping fists and stuff like that so um we'll get through this y'all and we'll be smarter and stronger at the end but and sorry if i've been getting way too political lately maybe i'm just getting old <laughs> but i don't care what uh affiliation or or who you vote for or what group you side with um because quite frankly I'll, I'll be i'll be very honest um i'm a a a quote-unquote democrat and i say quote-unquote because um i'm going to vote for whoever makes the most sense period and i think it's crazy that we even have to say that we're a democrat or a republican or a liberal or an independent or a whatever like i'm an american and I thought part of being American was that I have the right to choose and think what I want as long as I don't infringe on someone else's rights or thoughts or beliefs. So why do I have to proclaim mine just so I can get out there and do something? And I hate not, I'm sorry, hate's a strong word. I, I adamantly dislike <laughs> When any politician, and I don't care what, what letter they have associated with their their uh, their office, right? Continually it attacks the other ones. Because at the end of the day, they're all politicians. They're all benefiting in some shape, form, or fashion. So my reality is that I feel like this is like prison. They're going to do what they want. They're going to manipulate the rules to their advantage. That gnarl virus, you know why? And, and, and I'm totally speculating. Let me uh, make that very clear. You know why I think the prison wasn't so quick to try to do something to, to contain it and to get rid of it right away? Because it made their job so much easier, aside from the medical side. But as far as the guards and everything, what better way to keep a bunch of hardcore criminal gangbangers at bay? Get them super sick to where they're incapacitated. <laughs> so anyway, um, I hate to say it is an election year and maybe the prison guards are keeping us at bay right now. Anyway, y'all be safe out there. Wash your hands. Uh, my wife has me on a very strict regimen of taking all my clothes off when I get home and scrubbing down and changing clothes. I, I think it's a great idea. Um, y'all be safe out there. Seriously, do it for yourself. Do it for your family, your kids, your loved ones. Do it for your neighbors. Um, and hopefully they're doing it for you. Y'all be safe. This is Tito, 15 to Life. Talk to y'all later.